0: I hope everyone's having a fantastic day and you know what time it is. I invite you to pull up a chair, sit back and relax and welcome you to season two, episode eight of the Spema council podcast. I tell you, we're getting up there in terms of episode counts. Uh, we're, we're rolling along. We're definitely on track for double digits. Once this term ends, I say once this term ends and this is, and it's unbelievable because we're in friggin' November right now. Um, I hope everyone um tuned into to at least a few of our episodes in October we had uh lots and lots of exciting guests there and um if you haven't t- tuned into our monthly in review yet it's available on uh spima council's youtube channel uh for you to take a look so uh go ahead and look at, and, and look at that if uh, if you need something to do but uh, moving on to the main event here uh my special guest co-host first time on the podcast and a dan his pod his actual podcast debut so not a big deal the pride of Stellarton, nova scotia as as you can see as um our video listeners can see by the flag liam nielsen the man the myth the legend how's it going buddy
1: yes sir well it's good to see you my friend thank you for having me on happy to be here and excited uh, for this episode
0: for sure how, how, how you been how's the semester been for you
1: been good obviously an adjustment as I'm sure everyone else is experiencing but you know it's good to I think remote learning is sort of a blessing in in some ways I was able to go back home out east for three weeks and then I'm back in St. Catharines now so it's nice being able to sort of work from anywhere and you know set your own schedule
0: definitely 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 no uh no waking up at uh no waking up for those uh ghastly uh eight 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 a.m's although they might, they, they're, pro- they're probably good for you in the long run because you never know uh, once you get into the industry what your hours are going to be like. So, uh, moving on to the actual episode, we had, uh, we had um, MOSC, one of MOSC's social content coordinators, Adam Kruger. Uh, he's been working on a variety of uh, social media accounts, including uh, the Leafs. Uh, the Argos and uh, he helped launch um, the Leafs uh, first ever, first ever TikTok account, which is rapidly growing in, in, uh, in followers. Uh, Great guy to have on. Um, uh, Liam, uh, what'd you take from the episode, man?
1: Yeah, I think the stuff that really stood out for me was sort of his insights on how these pro sports teams are running their social accounts. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we're seeing it from a fan perspective and we're seeing, sort of the teams bantering with each other on Twitter, you know, making a funny Instagram post with the newest, you know, trend or meme or whatever. Um, but it was cool to hear sort of the strategy behind that and, and what goes on behind the scenes. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me.
0: Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's done with strat. It's done with strategy. It's not, it's not done just to throw content out, uh, out, out there. Um, it, it's done, it's done with a purpose and that, and that's good to see. Uh, and, and going on to our show's theme, getting out of your getting out of your comfort zone, Adam start was literally the epitome of getting out of your comfort out of your comfort zone. Shooting your shot through a DM way up in the five hundred level of the sky. Sorry, way up way up to the five hundred level of the Sky Dome because a person that worked for MOSC was was there while he was ushering. That has that that's. That's, that's basically getting out of your comfort zone in terms of uh, in terms of trying to get a job into this industry eh
1: yeah absolutely it's a pretty crazy story can't wait for the listeners to hear it i uh, i was pretty I was pretty floored when he when he was telling it but yeah that's about his getting that's about you know taking getting out of your comfort zone to the absolute max right there
0: and you know it just shows you, um, you know, you you, ha, you know you have to be taking, you have to be willing to take a bit of risk in this industry in order to succeed. Um, and you know, you you never know how it's gonna how it's gonna pan how it's gonna pan out, um, even if you know you don't know much about the role that that you're applying for, whether it be paid or vol- or volunteer. So, you know, the worst you know the worst thing that can happen is you know you. you that that someone that you're reaching out to sa- says no. And, you know, that's not the end of the world. Um, uh, as much as, as it is, it, it, as much as it can be harsh Yeah, in you, uh, you just have to, uh, dust yourself off and uh, keep on chugging along. So, you know, before I move on to the episode, uh, uh, to, uh, the, this episode with Adam Kruger, uh, Liam, any thoughts, man, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think we sort of, touched on it all like i said it was a it was a great conversation with a guy with a pretty pretty interesting job he was mentioning uh you know he thinks it's one of the best jobs you can find out there it's sort of social media content creation uh, give so yourself- it's definitely a great conversation
0: yeah definitely give yourself a pat on the back too this guy this guy was absolutely on fire as a co-host i i tell you right now so um without well you
1: got me blushing now <laughs>
0: That's called padding the ego, my friend. That's called padding the ego. And without further ado, let's send over to MLSC social content coordinator, Adam Kruger. We hope you all enjoy. Cheers, folks. All right, welcome again to another episode of the SPEMA Council Podcast, Episode 8. We're getting up there, and uh, we know we got another good one today. Uh, joining us now, Brock uh, is uh, from MOSC. He's their uh, Social Content Coordinator and a Brock SPEMA alumnus. Please welcome Adam Kruger to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, man.
2: Thanks, guys. Uh, excited to to get on and, and talk to you guys about about what I do and a little bit about my journey and a bit about good to reminisce about Brock too. So uh,
0: for sure, for sure, for sure. All right. As we always, we always like to start off the show with this question, a little bit of a a tradition around here. So uh, first question for you, what makes your story unique? Uh,
2: I think, I think for me, it's probably uh, maybe about how I actually got my role uh, initially. So I got it basically off of a dm which um you know it's kind of funny with with the field that i currently work in obviously in in social and um but it was um so i basically was working i graduated in 2016 didn't really know exactly what i wanted to do but um so i was doing some part-time work with the with the blue jays working as an usher so game days you know if i'd highly recommend it to anyone that can do it it's it's quite a fun part-time job um so I was doing that and um previously i interned with TFC um you know got to know everyone around the office and, and had a pretty good relationship with them but I was at working a Jays game and, and was on break and, and checked Twitter and um saw that the guy that was their content uh, was their social lead at the time was at the game and he was in the fives and way up there so I sent him a DM and said hey you know come by my section and And maybe I got a spot for you to, to sit. And and he came by and we ended up talking for a couple hours. And then he was like, Hey, we have this opening. Do you want to try it? So didn't really want to know, didn't really know working in social was a thing. And other than, you know, that his, his job existed, but was able to, to get my first job off of that. No interview, no anything, just slide right in and and sign my freelance contract um, maybe a week after that DM. So, maybe a little bit of a moralist story to always shoot your shot, but uh, it was uh, kind of by chance and, and random, but I think that's kind of a unique way of how my journey started. And then uh, currently, I think the unique part of, of what I've gotten to do is, is work on every single brand uh, in Toronto. I, you know, growing up in, in Mississauga, I was a big Toronto sports fan. So Leafs, Raptors, Jays, um TFC lesser and then and then obviously the Argos as well growing up and and to get to work at MLSE is great and a lot of people work you know SPEMA grads work there and they're kind of specific to one brand maybe or their ticket sales for a couple you know a couple brands but I've been able to work on every brand at MLSE to some extent um Raptors a little bit less so but everywhere else I've definitely been on and and pretty active with and that's been a really unique opportunity to, to work on all these brands and that I grew up loving as as a kid. So um, definitely those two two parts there would be unique parts. Sorry, can you hear my dog? By the way, she's kind of making some noises in the background.
0: Let's just let's just let's just call the a special guest appearance for for now <laughs> for now, just um, just to give some uh, just to give some unique content to the podcast. We do uh, we do appreciate our canine. Uh, listeners let's just say that but uh, honestly like that like that's an interesting way uh, to you know get into the sport industry and you know the point on shooting your shot um, it's you know it's become more and more common um, as you know we, we enter into this um, job this market of unpredictability uh, you never know what you're going to what you're going to get out, out of a role if uh, when you're entering it and you don't really know, much much about it and you know the moral of the story is, is always just just try and, and and at the very least you gain a you kind know, of contact you could use in the near future or you know you gain a skill that you can use in in fu- in future roles but you know uh, a great case of how just uh just you know being confident in taking that shot can uh, pay dividends in the long run
2: yeah definitely with everything that's going on now and, and- everyone's connecting online more and, and more and more. And I think if it's LinkedIn or if it's specifically for social space, if it's going to be Twitter or Instagram, obviously I'm, I'm on those a little bit more active. And I think all my colleagues in, in, in the social media sports, social media world are, are all active on there. So never hurts to, to follow and shoot a DM or start up a conversation. Even if it's just, Hey, you know, I, I'm a student, I'm interested in, in working in this field. Is it you know, can you give me any advice? Would you be able to meet up for a virtual coffee or just can I shoot you an email? Anything like that. People are nice <laughs> usually and, and, and they'll, they'll get back and, and you know, you, maybe you get just some info off of them or maybe it leads to a job, who knows, but it's, um, it's never a bad thing, I think.
1: That's awesome. So we're going to jump to the next question here now. So you mentioned, uh, Adam, that you graduated in 2016 from Brock. Uh, so relatively recently, but um, you also had the opportunity to return for SPEMA Alumni Day recently, so we are wondering if you could sort of touch on what that experience was like um, and maybe give some tips for current Brock students on how to interact with alumni at events like that and hopefully we'll get to those events back and running someday soon.
2: Hmm. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've actually been back three times now, each for alumni, wait three times, right? Yeah, three times I think, um, and each time was was a little bit different. The first time I was on a TFC only panel, right when we came back, and I was kind of a small fish in a in a big on a big panel because we were with like, um, you know, fortunately at, at TFC there was a lot of Brock alums, so there was like five of us on a panel. Uh, Might have been before you guys were there, but we were all uh, we were all up there, and um, so I was kind of the the lowest on the totem pole per se, and then went back last year did a panel or two, two years ago and did a panel and then last year i actually presented which was really fun uh in um intellectual property um and give a little bit of a speech on copyright and, and how that works on in social so that was really um really fun and i always love going back because you know i i actually as a as a student i remember i remember a lot of the people who came back and and spoke um and I think that's kind of, you know, it's always good to, to give back and share my knowledge specifically my role too, because I don't think there's too many, you know, when I was, in, when I was in school, I didn't know this role existed. And if I did, I would have tried my hardest to get it. So, because it's, to me, I think outside of maybe Kyle Dubas and being a GM and actually making the call calling the shots on, on rosters and, and stuff like that, what, what I get to do and be with, be with this, these teams and create content around these teams and interact with fans and be basically a professional fan, I think is one of the coolest things. So if I wouldn't know if I would have known it existed, I would have went for it. So um, but that's why I like to go back. But and then um, just from like a, for, for kids that are or any of the students that are, are at Alumni Day, once we can actually get back physically together, I think um, maybe do your research before the panel. Uh, LinkedIn creep, if you, you know, maybe not logged into your account, but LinkedIn creep, don't maybe not send them a request, but just find out a little bit about them. And then when you go up, you can say like, Hey, you know, I, I like, you know, I worked in wherever they work. You can go and ask them about, you know, about the, about the role they have about how they got there. And, and people like talking about themselves. You know, that's why I'm on the podcast here. So you guys can just ask, ask them about themselves and how they got there. You know, they were all in your shoes and they, they understand. And I, I assume most of our, the alumni are approachable. Um, so I would, uh, that, that would be, be my suggestion for that.
0: A little bit surreal uh, presenting, uh, presenting as an alumni, eh? you know, for, you know, uh, you know, you're at a point where it's where you were listening to those alumni and that, and now like now, boom, you're not, you're in that, you're not exact, you're in that exact same, you're in that exact same position. So a uh, little bit of uh, a, little bit of a surreal feeling, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was really, really cool. And, and, you know, hopefully I was an exam question. That's uh, kind of was the goal. Uh, go back
0: and <laughs> that question, but, be, yeah, Out <laughs> <That'd> of be, <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. And I mean, you know, if, if, if alumni day does come back and in, in some form uh, some form this year, um, definitely when, uh, when it's, when it's announced, um, usually, uh, usually uh, brought schema's experiential learning coordinator gives us the heads up. But uh, if that is happening this year in a virtual format, then uh, new listeners, please take advantage of it. Because uh, it's one of the highlights of the year. Uh, a lot of alumni are there to share their stories and give back. So it's a great chance to, um, to experience that and, and, uh, grow as a professional, uh, going and, you know, uh, going into your, uh, student journey and then SPEMA a bit further, uh, in your final year, you took an internship, internship job with TFC as part of their, uh, as part of, uh, their team ops crew. Uh, what drew you to that role? And, uh, you know, did they, did it, did it in any way set the foundation for, uh, your future job positions at the company? Uh,
2: so to answer the second part, it didn't really set any foundations. The two, the role that I currently am in has nothing to do with with team operations. I mean, you know, I work with the team operations people, but it has any of the skills that I picked up during that uh, definitely don't apply directly. But um, what I did, uh, what that role did help me do is is make connections, and that's ultimately, I think, what all internships are for. Is
0: definitely a lot of the
2: you know you're going to be there's very few people like I didn't even. Like I didn't get a job directly off of my internship in the department that I worked in. It's about building those relationships and connecting with, um, you know, connecting with everyone that you can across, uh, you know, in your time that you have there. So that's one thing that was really fortunate about TFC uh, was I was at the training grounds for that internship. There was only two interns and then the rest of the TFC crew, which was like team ops and High performance and um, the academy and coaching and all this stuff and and being up there was awesome. You know, we got free food, which was really nice, lunch every day. But the uh, you know the main thing was making those connections because it was such a small and tight knit group, um, and that ultimately is what helped me get the job that opened up that wasn't in the department. It's because I knew um, the person that was hiring just from that internship. Um, but the reason I took the team ops uh, and kind of went team ops, um, you know, I. Uh, you guys, I don't know if you've heard, but MLSE, um, they send out their internships in a huge batch. Basically, it's just a bunch of job descriptions and you have to read through them all, right? So I think I was in I was in Australia actually because my my girlfriend was down on exchange. so I went down and, and was in Australia and I was just looking up the MLSE jobs. and I remember just thinking Team Ops sounded cool. I liked TFC, you know they, they had just signed um, uh, that was 15, so they had it was those first year. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, and I always kind of followed them casually and then it was like, oh, okay. I, you know, I like TFC. I think this might, this might be a better role for me. It might be a little bit less at the time, less height than, you know, Leafs marketing or Raptors marketing. Cause those were obviously bigger, um, you know, maybe high, higher profile internships. And, and I like TFC and I was like, this sounds applicable to some of the experience that I had. Uh, volunteering with the Brock baseball team, so I, I volunteered with them um, for three years. And one of the years, the last year, I was actually the GM of the GM of the Brock baseball team, which was uh, a really cool experience and getting to work with um, the coach at the time, uh, Jeff Lounsbury And we, you know, we he, I basically. Uh, you know, helped coordinate running the business side of, of the Brock baseball team from fundraising to um, running the concession stand um, to running social, which was really a really cool experience. Um, and that, you know, kind of had some of the stuff that I'd picked up, I thought could apply to the TFC job. And that's ultimately, um, you know, obviously what the, the intern, the, my intern boss thought is that I had applicable skills from that in, from that volunteer. Uh, And then also I volunteered at the World Juniors uh, in 2015, 2014, one of the ones in Toronto, whenever it was in Toronto. And that um, was directly in team services, which I think also helped apply because that was like helping the teams um, move into their locker rooms and making sure they have food and making sure they have everything that they need. And that was kind of um, a volunteer experience that I think, again, helped me have applicable skills to that job or to that internship.
1: All right, we're gonna move into uh, the next bit here. So you've occupied a bunch of positions at MLSE. Uh, Most of them centered around sort of community management and uh, you know, obviously the social media management now. Uh, We're just wondering what aspects have stood out to you about those different roles? Um, So you can go sort of position by position, whether that was basic interaction with consumers or what you did to sort of make a difference in that role.
2: So the title, though the title has changed community manager, social content coordinator, it's actually all been the same, the same job basically, which is managing the social um, media platforms for the brands and the teams that are under MLSE, and then on, on the um, content creation side as well. So it's kind of just evolved. The role is basically the same, um, but the title evolved to kind of better reflect what we do from community management, community manager is kind of an older um, an older term, a marketing term that, that they use, um, and that we used to use. And then, uh, now, you know, if you're hired into my role, you'd be a social content coordinator. So, um, but across all of them, it's just been, um, really the differences in fan bases is probably the, one of the coolest things that I've had the opportunity to to work under, like building content for the Leafs, a Leafs fan, you have to build differently than you build content for an Argos fan, build differently Definitely. than a TFC fan, build differently than a um, than a Raptors fan. And I think that's kind of um, been pretty interesting to have to work within all of those brands and within all those fan bases. And, and I think that's partially something I can do because I'm actually a fan of all these teams and grew up a fan of all these teams. So it comes across to me organically. Um, but I mean, it's been pretty cool to be on all of them to be honest and it's it's um i love i love being we always kind of talk about the the accounts if you're going to be the voice there's two things you can be the voice of the fan or you can be the voice of the team so there's like that brand those are the kind of the spectrum and i always i always like being the voice of the fan personally you know and posting stuff that's that our fans are actually engaging with and that it's basically like so during a game you know instead of just posting like a like a touchdown gif it's like let's post something that our fans are actually talking about and engaging with and um i think that's really um the way that i've wanted to to push our accounts the accounts that i'm on is to be that voice of the fan um and um yeah so that's been part of the community management portion is that you are like the official voice of the Argos fans, or the official voice of the Leafs fans, the Raptors fans, TFC fans, and that's to me is is a really cool
0: part of of, of the role. It is, it is, and I, and you know, I mean, taking that fan cent, fan centric ap- approach is <clears throat> is is great because you know um, shows from shows that the account under understand understands the market instead of just putting out content just for the sake just for the sake of putting out content without any purpose and you know in turn even though you might not be um put uh going from a you know a a, a like a a uh, majority brand specific pers- per uh, perspective uh that that can that can of uh, that can uh that can evolve from that or or organically and from that content fans you know can recognize The brand, their brands, you know, through what they're through what they're thinking. And, you know, hopefully, with that content, uh, you know, the team's able to able to sell more more tickets. And, you know, that's easier, that's easier said than done. But when content does that, it at least get keeps the conversation going which, you know, is, which is extremely key, especially, um, with, especially, well, not, 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 not so with like the Raptors and the Leafs, because they already have a huge, they already have a unbelievable following but more so with say uh tfc and argos where you know uh gate where uh we getting fans and seats is a big part of uh making sure they're successful uh moving on to the next to, to going further into your role and you know it's it's an aspect of the industry that's high demand and especially especially now um and it, it's on and it's a job that's pretty much pandemic proof because the demand for it, uh, doesn't, doesn't waver. fans are constantly craving, um, co- uh, content that's, uh, that's entertaining and makes them want to them want to tune in. Uh, so what strategies do, uh, you consider to produce quality content on uh, the platforms that you currently manage?
2: Honestly, it's just my, <laughs> I just look at content and, Is it good? Do I think it's good? Do I think this is engaging? Do I think this is fun? And that's ultimately uh, how I look at all of our content and and make sure that I find, if I don't find it fun and engaging, I don't think our fans are gonna find it fun and engaging. So that to me is just from a basic standpoint is how I kind of um, think of the strategy there. Um, uh, I think with the pandemic, uh, it's kind of shifted obviously. Um, habits of people have kind of shifted and trends have shifted. And um, you just kind of have to be online. And for me, it's, I consume a lot of content, which helps drive my decision-making for our content, basically. So I follow, you know, 1500 accounts on Twitter, and a lot of them are sports professionals or sport. I follow, I have almost every sports team in, in, <laughs> that I can find and, and curate lists and make sure that I'm constantly on the, the pulse of, of, you know, what content's performing, who's making good content, how can we take that, you know, how, how can we learn from what other people are producing to, um, you know, create our, uh, you know, put our own spin on it or, or um, can we, you know, take, or can we take creative inspo from other people. From other, um, from other people and that's kind of honestly what social media uh sports is kind of a uh, a cliche of uh, everyone kind of like a trend comes up and then everyone does it like you can see like the housing you know how it started how it's going kind of trend like everyone was jumping on that and that's kind of honestly part of the job is just making sure you're on, you know online and connected to all those trends but um yeah again just for quality content i think for me it's just do I like it? Do I think this is engaging? And, and do I think this is good content? And that's how ultimately I judge um, a lot of the, the content. But that's also partially why any account that you follow, if somebody is, especially, you know, a sports team, if it's a team of one or two, it's, it's you're going to get the, the voice of that account is going to be the voice of the person or the, you know, the person that sets the strategy for that account. So, you know, some of your you know, you're, that's what and they also change too, right? Like, so like if somebody was working at a team and then left and go to another team, then that voice is going to go from one team to another team. And you might lose, like, you might be like, oh, the, you know, the Argos are the best team in, you know, in the CFL, but then, you know, somebody else comes in and then, you know, they move and then somebody else has a best account. So it kind of like, it goes with the, uh, with the people. So that's an interesting part of the, the job as well.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned sort of, you know, hopping on the trends and tailoring your social content around that. I think that's definitely where things have been heading the last few years. The one I always think of is the, uh, the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. I find their content uh, on Twitter very engaging. They like to, you know, poke fun at other teams. There's a lot of creative stuff, so uh, that's great stuff there. Uh, speaking of trends, we would be remiss if we did not talk about the Maple Leafs TikTok account um so we're gonna ask how did that come into fruition i feel like i blinked and tiktok was all of a sudden the biggest social platform in the world so what was it like sort of developing a strategy to use an app that was growing that quickly um so for yeah so tiktok obviously
2: has been um a huge platform now for for the last couple years um you know sports teams kind of some teams were really quick to adopt on there and some teams were, were a little slower. And I think MLSE as a whole, we were on the slower end, uh, just because, you know, jumping on, on new apps and everything, you know, you spread yourself quite thin. We're, we're a team of, you know, there's not many people in our, on our social teams, considering how many, you know, teams we have. So we have, we're a team of about 10 people that run all the accounts. Um, so that's, you know, adding another account for every team is, is, you know, you think it's easy, but it's another account to worry about, another account to manage, another account to post. So I think MLSE was kind of, we kind of took the, a little bit of a slower pace to just, you know, if you jump on every app that comes out right away, you're going to be spread way too thin. So like, oh, why don't we have an account on Byte Dance? Why don't we have an account on Yik Yak when that was a thing? Like there's different things that you can kind of, you know, jumping on every app doesn't make sense sometimes strategically. So I think TikTok, we, we kind of wanted to see it out a little bit. And then ultimately for me, I was on the platform engaging on the platform. I like TikTok. that algorithm is extremely addictive and, um, the content that it feeds you is, is incredible. And, and I wanted to get our teams on it. Um, I put the Argos on it in like August of 29, of uh, 2019. And, um, That didn't really go well because Argos have a smaller following. I didn't really put a whole lot of effort into it, but I kind of got a little bit of a seed in there. And then ultimately our first official capacity that MLSE went on was with our mascots. So um, the mascot combined account with the Raptor and and the, and Carlton that kind of came from just conversations I was having with, um, you know, with my boss and looking at uh, what other, mascots were doing and and Benny the Bull is the big example has like 3 million followers now and he is incredible and I thought mascots are a great kind of space for us to kind of dip our toe in but not actually put the team accounts on um so we did that and, and launched that in like February um so I was managing that and then obviously quarantine hit and then priorities changed and then the Leafs um brand was like let's get on board and let's get a Leafs TikTok account going so that was um, and then ultimately I was the one that was managing the, the mascots account. So they were like, do you want to manage the Leafs account and help build that strategy? So, um, you know, built that up and, and launched, uh, in, uh, I don't even know when it was June now, I guess, July, maybe, I don't know before, don't right know. before, right before the, uh, <laughs> right before the, the play-in game. So that was, um, really cool to, to be a part of and, you know, still managing it. And I love uh, I love the platform. We're growing, you know, pretty. We were fast to grow at the beginning, but we're a little bit stagnant now because we took a bit of time off um, in the off, you know, in a little bit of the break to post content. But we got a good cadence now, and we're really, uh, you know, I'm hoping to grow it to to the numbers. You know, Leafs are one of the most followed accounts on Twitter and and Facebook on uh, and Instagram in the NHL, and I want to get TikTok up to those numbers. I think we're about middle of the pack right now at 55k. So. As we grow, that's ultimately my goal is to be uh, up there with the I think the, the Detroit Red Wings have the most right now at about 200k. So get up there and and hopefully um, you know keep making content because I think TikTok has such a important role in in playing and connecting um, our brands to younger uh, to a younger audience because TikTok 100%. is where uh, you know it is where the younger um, younger uh, generations are currently consuming content. So producing content for them and, and, um, you know, allowing the Leafs account to connect with, um, you know, all this different generation of, and hopefully build these Leafs, you know, people into Leafs fans. And, and I think, um, it also has such a good, the algorithm is so good at feeding content to, uh, to beyond what you're following is. And, and again, another opportunity to kind of expand, the Leafs brand, uh, across the, uh, across into different groups. And, and I think that you'll see maybe ultimately the Raptors will, will get on and, and, um, you know, TFC has a plan. I know they have plans to get on as well. So every, you know, eventually we'll see all the teams account on all the team accounts on there, uh, and producing content. And because I think it's such a, a good platform, uh, for everyone to use. So, um, yeah, it's that's it for for tick for sure
0: definitely and you know like like you said that'll be a huge platform to to build uh to build young fans you know i i find that with with hockey it's almost almost too traditional uh where you know the conventional the conventional methods of uh, distribution are you know your typical radio tv newspaper print um but you know with generations that you know, that have shorter, that are, that have shorter attention spans and get their news in in unconventional ways than past generations, uh, TikTok's a perfect uh, a perfect platform to reach to reach that crowd that you know wants con- that wants content quick. Uh, they they want it to be in, to be engaging, and uh, and then and then they can get on with their day. So if that if that if that account um, can uh, can make it can make a huge dent in the in in the follower in the follower count. Um, hopefully it'll influence, it'll influence people to, you know, keep, uh, keep following with the Leafs and, um, maybe get involved to the point where, you know, they may, uh, may purchase a Jersey or, uh, or, uh, or maybe even like, an, uh, another piece of team memorabilia, uh, down, down the line. So, but, um, as we're getting close to the end of the episode, uh, again, Adam, we thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, as we, as we do at the end of every episode, we like, uh, to give our guests the floor to uh say what's on their mind and um and 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 just and just shoot the breeze for, with us so um adam as we say uh as we say quite often here on the podcast the floor is yours
2: i wasn't expecting that no Your i curveball
0: <laughs> a little 12, bit the old 126 into the dirt <laughs>
2: um no not i think we we touched a lot on on what um you know what i do and and how um, you know, it's, again, I think if you're a SPEMA a student listening to this and, you know, thinking how I can get into, um, a social sports, social job, um, I think get that, um, you know, go out and get that experience as you, as you're at Brock and, and use all the opportunity that you have there. Um, you know, they do a good job at setting up, internships and volunteer opportunities and, um, you know, that take advantage of them. That's what I did. And, and ultimately, you know, I, I think I remember in my first year Aswima um, first class, Kirstie Spence, I'm pretty sure, uh, Dr. Spence, sorry. She, uh, she definitely had brought up, you know, the importance of, of volunteering and, and putting your time in. And, and I think it was even a requirement in the first year class, uh, and ultimately, you know, take that up op- take those opportunities you get. And, and make the most of them and um just build relationships because ultimately you know when you go to apply for for a job and an mlse and you know they get thousands of applicants it's it's important to, to you know have that relationship built up to differentiate yourself a little bit and, and again shoot your shots in the dm shoot your shots on linkedin i think um you know just be uh you know be sociable and and connect with people and and That's really what is going to help you um, make those connections and get, and get, hopefully you get your career started.
0: For sure. For sure. Anyone listen to this episode. um, If you're going to take anything uh, from, 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 from this, um, that statement is probably the be all and end all to uh, success to success in, in, in this, in this industry. So Adam, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on guys
0: Another great episode in the books And I tell you, we're on a roll with these things So we're going to strive to keep her going In episodes 9, 10 And literally every episode we do here uh, <laughs> uh quick uh, Shoutouts I want to uh mention here first off a big shout out to our guest Adam Kruger from M.L.S.E. uh for coming on to the show thanks for uh sharing your career story it's uh fascinating to see how uh the social world the social media world has progressed over um a relatively short period of time so it was great to hear uh what you're doing within that rule especially when it comes to uh managing the tiktok account of the maple leafs and it was great to hear your career story of um how you got started uh it's not every day that um you message a guy that's way up in the 500s of the rogers center and uh get him to come down to your section while you're ushering so uh that's a great story that uh that's uh for sure uh, i hope our listeners will uh will remember um second shout out is of course uh, to my guest co-host liam nielsen uh nova scotia's finest um thanks again for coming on B- bud i've uh, i've been looking to get you on as a co-host for quite some time now and uh you did an amazing job but uh until next episode we got uh, lots more content coming for you but uh, until until next time we say thank you for tuning in stay classy and god bless we'll see you guys soon